Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to Worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco, and normally you get the typical introduction where I'm going to say I hope things are going well and having a great day, but we're jumping right into today's episode because we're this is all in one piece, and I am joined today by Winnipeg's own Stefan Epic. Stefan, how are you? What's up? We're jumping right into it. We're not even playing games, man. We're wasting zero time, serious business on the Grainmaker podcast today. Hey, is this a video podcast too? Uh, I've done a few, but I normally stick with audio because I don't know how many people would watch it on YouTube. I would watch it on YouTube. So maybe I should start throwing it up on YouTube as well and have some fun with that, you know, get those YouTube subscribers. Yeah monetize uh, <laughs> the diamond play button i would love anything like that i think i have seven subscribers on my youtube channel right now good so. that's six more than i have <laughs> I, I, when i first started doing this i'd always talk about like oh yeah i'm going to do more content on youtube and besides like ripping some teddy Hart promos off of old mlw shows i barely <laughs> did anything wow those must be cool. <laughs> they are worth a watch. So, like 2003 MLW, because that, yeah, that, that's just my wheelhouse. Oh, all when they were because they were they had like CM Punk in there after like, yeah. he was getting started. They were bringing in some of the guys from, uh, J- bringing in guys from Japan. You know, you had like Amazing Red SATs, all that. Like the guys who were kind of and, and they had Super Dragon. They had Super yes. Dragon for a while. And it's not like Super Dragon was doing tons of stuff either. And no, he did like Super Dragon is one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. And he did MLW. I think he did a couple of dates. He did like Ring of Honor for a while, maybe like a year or two with the whole CZW feud. And he did like a couple months in Japan, like once. Mm-hmm. And then he just sits back and runs PWG and collects paychecks now. And he's quite content doing that. He did make a return to PWG a few months ago, though. Yeah, I saw that, but nothing ever went beyond that, I don't think. No, it was like a post-match beatdown type thing, and then that yeah. was it. And like After he showed up, everyone was going nuts thinking, like, hey, he's going to be back, and it was going to be like a new sort of thing for them, but it never yeah. uh, never worked out. I saw him without his mask once, Yeah, actually, at a, at a PWG show. Funny story, I was in uh, Los Angeles with my mom and my auntie, because my auntie lived down there. I may have mentioned this the last time when we talked about wrestling on the show. But as you do on this wrestling show, yes. but I was, <laughs> I went to a PWG show and I walked in the front door with my uncle at the time who was married to my auntie. And we walked in the front door and that night it was supposed to be Scorpio Sky and Super Dragon in a guerrilla warfare match. Mm-hmm. So I walked in the front door of the venue, but the doors weren't open yet. And it was the wrong door for the venue. People ended up going in the back. So I ended up walking in the venue and the guys were in the ring. And I had no idea who they were. I just know that one dude had like really light colored hair and kind of looked like a surfer-ish. Mm-hmm. And then there was Scorpio Sky, who now works without his mask. But at the time, he had a mask. So I saw both of them without their masks in like 2004 at a PWG show. And you stuck around for that show when you were there? Yeah. 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 What was that like? I mean, I that's one thing that... A lot of people say like, oh, I want to go see WrestleMania. But for me, it's like, I want to go to a PWG show because the yeah. atmosphere there is unbelievable. Yeah, I didn't. I went in like 2004 when it was just like kind of like regular indie. It wasn't like that super indie yet where they have like the raucous crowds and it wasn't like packed. There was mm-hmm. like, I think I was the only, me and my uncle were the only two people sitting in our row at that okay. show. So it wasn't crazy. But they did have a stacked roster. There was like Samoa Joe and Brian Danielson in a tag match together. Uh, it was like uh, Ricky Reyes and Puma had worked each other. Adam Pierce and Baby Slim worked each other. Colt Cabana was on the show. Who else? Chris Daniels, I think, was on it. So there was a lot of guys, but it wasn't crazy. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't like like 600 people jammed into that little place in Reseda. It was in Santa Ana at the time which okay. is south, like south of LA. 
So it took, I think it took us like two hours to get there through LA traffic, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think it was just South of LA. So it wasn't crazy yet, but it was a good show. I ended up buying the show um, when it came out on, I think it was DVD, but it did come out on VHS <laughs> at the time. So, but I didn't buy it on DVD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was the super dragon uh, Scorpio sky guerrilla warfare. So if you're on like the high spots network or whatever, uh, look that up and I'm in the crowd somewhere. See, now I'm going to have to go and just see if I can actually straight up order it off the site because I'm one of those guys who still buys the DVDs and Blu-rays. Okay. Okay. Because it's called keep the pee out of our pool. That's the name of the show. They had a f- like quite a run of like really off the topic or off the like cuff names for shows. Yeah. Yeah. There was that. There was like the Tango and Cash Invitational. I remember mm-hmm. had, <laughs> they had like weird names. I I know I'm drawing a blank for it, but like there was a couple. Like it was, I'm just gonna stutter trying to come up with them. But I mean, like go back if you're listening, go back and check out some of the like results for the shows, and you're gonna see the names like just really random stuff on there. Use your illusion three and use your illusion four. Like Guns N' Roses style, they mm-hmm. did that, and like the the DVD cover art was like the Use Your Illusion mm-hmm. art- artwork, just the PWG guys. I loved when they did stuff stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> Anytime, like a, a promotion will do something where it's like uh, almost a spinoff of like a pop culture type thing, like that. Like yeah. I like to see what they can come up with. There's, yeah, there's some very creative people out there. Yeah, WPW did that with their like Larry David show. Mm-hmm. Like that was maybe their first show or whatever. But I thought that was genius. Mm-hmm. The brilliant. Sure, your enthusiasm. I think yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one. I thought that was hilarious. They they've still done a good job with that, keeping up with like it won't be like the main like you know what's hot right now in like pop culture, but they'll find something. Even you know, don't tell. Uh, mom, the referee's dead. dead. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. babysitter's dead. Yeah, I mean, I, I I love that movie growing up. So for me, that was fantastic. Yeah, exactly, and it appeals to the to the right crowd, like the what is it thirty thirty five to forty nine? Yeah, am I in that? Am I in that one now? I think so. Yeah, thirty five now. So we fit right into that demo. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're gonna catch us with shit like that. No, they do um, really cool stuff. I really like it. Yeah, I mean, and they've been very consistent. I mean, they're they've done a great job bringing in different, you know, wrestlers from, you know, recently out in Alberta, bringing in, you know, um, Stephen Crow, Michael Richard Blaze, Taryn from Accounting, Mo Jabari. Before that, Mars the Specialist, and even bringing in people from uh, St. Louis, uh, Moses, uh, Marcus Munderson, guys like that. So maybe yeah. ones that Winnipeg isn't familiar with, but very talented wrestlers who are really, you know putting in the effort, getting their name out there and willing to come up here and wrestle. Yeah. That's like the nineties when they had dudes from Toronto and then those dudes from Toronto ended up being like edge and Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it's good for, it's good for Winnipeg when, when things like that happen. I think and like so. Ricky Starks was here years ago. You know what I mean? So just hanging out with like me and Chevy and now he's on AEW. This is like every so often somebody comes here and you just click and think they're cool and, that's mm-hmm. what happened with Ricky Starks. I think he's friends with like a few local guys. Tyler Colton, I think he's good friends. Yeah, with him, but yeah. Uh, when I, but first, I just yeah, it's cool. When I first heard that he was in Winnipeg, I think he did like a CWE tour or a yeah. few shows. When yeah. I first heard that, I was blown away. I just never would have expected that. I was I remember it very distinctly because I always thought it was kind of weird. But he, uh, me and Chevy were standing in the back, and he kept asking Chevy if he could pick him up. He's like, "Hey, can I pick you up?" <laughs> we're like you know, weird okay and then Chevy let him like pick him up and it, I guess he just wanted to see if he could do it or whatever but that's that's what I remember of Ricky Starks but he was a nice guy otherwise after that just becoming best friends <laughs> <coughs> yeah so, he was uh, yeah, he was interesting Um, I wanted to ask because I mean you've had you know a busy couple months I mean yeah. you wrestling 3d pro wrestling time bomb um mm-hmm. how's that been for you i mean you're getting back into the swing of things the past you know six months or so yeah it's been like it hasn't been a crazy schedule because when i look at the times when i was wrestling the most there was times when i i could get like 
two, three bookings a week, mm-hmm. you know, back in 2005, six, seven. So um, I don't look at this as too busy. I look at it as a good schedule because I think I'm doing like one a month, mm-hmm. which is totally fine with me. Cause I don't want to go up there and kill myself. Like I said, I'm 35, but I I'm 35 years old and I look young, but I took my first bump 22 years ago. I did the math on it. 21 years ago. Sorry. In 2001, I was 13. So like I, I drive, I drive that fat home when I do a lot of interviews and a lot of wrestling talk because like some people, I don't know. Some people might have like a predisposition of me being like a, not like a younger guy in the business, you know, like 35, but been around for a while. Like, mm-hmm. but I've been around for a long goddamn time. Mm-hmm. My body feels every bit of it. So when I do one a month, it's like, okay, this is fine. This mm-hmm. is not, you know, this is not unbearable on my body. But I do notice now that I'm older and I'm a little bit heavier that uh, it does hurt a lot more on the joints than I remember it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of doing the one show a month, it gives your body time to recover a little bit instead of, you know, wrestling Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then, yeah, yeah, it can take a toll. Yeah. Hey, bud. (laughs) That's all right. Um, (laughs) You, uh, I mean, like I said, you had done the couple shows with 3d pro you wrestled a no ring death match with time bomb. Mm -hmm. Was that your first death match? It was the first one that you could like had the word death match above it, but mm-hmm. I had used light tubes and barbed wire and fire and I've bled everywhere like for years, mm-hmm. like probably, I think probably about 2013 was the first time I did like, like hardcore stuff like that. But yeah, it was the first one that called it like it was technically a death match. Yeah. So, and- but I've done all that crazy stuff before is that something you want to keep doing fuck yeah i do <laughs> yeah it's awesome uh, and uh, what i don't want to pull back the curtain too far mm-hmm. but i will say as crazy as it sounds it's easier on the body <laughs> i guess less you know you're not having to worry about the the ring as much the ropes yeah it's yeah more, yeah it, take some punishment but it's a lesser of two evils yeah it's the lesser of two evils there's what people don't understand about a wrestling ring is that the ropes are not ropes the ropes are cables made of steel so it hurts to hit them like any wrestler will tell you that any wrestler that like the first time they hit the ropes they're blown away by how hard they are Mm -hmm. and then what people don't understand too is the floor in a wrestling ring and, and some wrestling rings is suspended some of them have like uh like a truck spring underneath them just enough to like give a little bit so your body can absorb it so when you run on that it jars your knees back up and that's why guys get bad knees a lot of times because you're running on an uneven surface and it's like bouncing back up and like jarring your knees and your hips and your low back so Mm -hmm. it's it's not um it's not conducive to anything positive is what i'm saying but like the deathmatch stuff and the no ring stuff is like both of us are going in there, me and the guy that I'll be wrestling. And like, I, we know there's no ring, so there's no need to like do a superplex off of anything. There's no need to do any of that stuff. Like a light tube sucks and thumbtacks suck and like getting fire blown in your face sucks, but like it, it, it doesn't have the same lasting impact as like <laughs> running in a ring does. You yeah. know what I mean? Taking, that make sense? Yeah, like taking a light yeah. tube to you know the head. It's you know it sucks, but it's not going to suck as much as taking a superplex off the top rope. Yeah, exactly. And like you know, four hundred pounds of of human falling and they're like double bouncing together. Mm-hmm. That stuff's not fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun, but like when it brass tags, it sucks. It, it's fun, but it's just a shitty situation. Yeah, it's just a <laughs> terrible situation. Um, I know you, uh, you posted updates. You just posted one on Instagram and, uh, at the last 3d pro show, I know you, uh, busted up your hand pretty good. Yeah. How, how's the recovery going with that? It's, um, well, I just had like a new cast thing put on cause I had surgery two weeks ago, um, to repair it. Cause when I broke it, the finger bone splintered and it was 
a centimeter apart, but it broke vertically. So it was like it, my finger looked like chopsticks. Mm-hmm. So they had to go in and, uh, you know, reattach and make sure the tendon was still there and put a pin in so it, it would stay together. So the injury itself was pretty gruesome, but the recovery is not bad. Like I, like I was saying, I got the new cast. I'm doing occupational therapy with the, the uh, like an, an OT, I guess. And it's a lot less painful and a lot less, um, I guess painful is the right word, but it's a lot less painful than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, it's time bomb. They ran the death mat, the no ring show uh, yeah. back in July. Yes. And that's something that Winnipeg hasn't seen a lot of. Do you see a place where that can have a fixture on the wrestling scene here? Yeah, of course. I think the first one they did was like pretty well attended. It sold out. It, it sold out before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then they had to postpone it, obviously, a few times. And then when it actually happened, I wasn't even supposed to be on it. I wasn't originally booked. Mm-hmm. It was originally supposed to be, uh, you know, a few other guys. I, I think the only person left from the original lineup was Tyler Colton. Yeah. So everybody got replaced just because of like people getting booked other places or debooked from other places. So, um, yeah, when it came around, it was sold out already. So people were ready to go. And when mm-hmm. it, I got there, when I like saw the crowd and heard the band, because there was three bands or two bands that played that night and it was a wicked awesome environment. It was mm-hmm. so much fun. I was telling my, I was telling my partner, I was like, like, I think I would have done really well at punk shows, you know, in the nineties and early two thousands, because it was so much fun and it was such a cool atmosphere. And it felt like, I felt like I kind of belonged in that kind of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I think it was pretty well, like the same for everybody in there. It was like a super, relaxed room but everybody was so excited mm-hmm. it was a very unique environment very yeah. unique that was the some of the biggest takeaways that i found from talking to people was that it was you know something different and everyone just enjoyed being there you know it was only a couple matches but you had you know two matches mixed in with the bands the environment the very like punk rock diy atmosphere of it all and everyone mm-hmm. came out of there just with nothing but positive things to say yeah, that's how I felt too. I felt like even though, you know, I had filleted my body open a few, in a few places that <laughs> I was sitting in the back and I was thinking, that was a really good show. As you know, I'm sitting there with open wounds all over my body. But no, I really, I really enjoyed it. And I thought, I thought it was like, it, it might sound corny to say about a wrestling show, but it felt like a safe space. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like where you go somewhere and, everybody's the same and you don't have to worry about being judged. Mm-hmm. And I find that like most wrestling shows are very like clicky or, you know, there's certain groups of fans that, you know, stick together and watch the shows together. And it's a, it could be a weird environment sometimes, but this one was, was not like that. It was weird. Like it was really cool. I liked it. And I hope there's more. I hope so too. Uh, whether it's like, uh, hopefully time bomb will be back up here doing a show. Uh, I want to see a show here done by them. I've, I mean, I've been to the state seeing them, but I'd mm-hmm. love to see them back. Or if someone else in Winnipeg is willing to uh, put one on, then hopefully, uh, hopefully they can, and we can see some more of that. Hell yeah, I would love. I would even like as much as I love to do another one. I would love to like go to one. That mm-hmm. would be fun, you know, just to go to one as a, as a fan. Because I know there was a few wrestlers in the crowd at the at the last one, and they, they had all told me how much fun it was. So. I would love to check one out, like just on my own too. So you've never been to one before? No. No. Okay. No, no. But, you know, I would like to, <laughs> as I reiterate. <laughs> so what you're saying is you're going to grab tickets for the Nick Gage Invitational, get in your uh, full day's worth. and Yeah, I hope so. Man, I would love to. I would love to do that too. Like, like we were talking about checking out a PWG show. Like in 2004, I was already in the business. Like, but again, I was still 16 or yeah, 16. I think it was before my 17th birthday I was there. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was still a kid, but, you know, going to, going to like a super cool show with a whole bunch of names on it is 
a wicked experience and I would love to do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a lot of, you know, we'll call them like super indies almost because you have your independent shows where you have a lot of local guys on there, a couple fly-ins, but then you see more and more of the, you know, PWGs or West coast pros where they're bringing in tons of outside talent, just putting on like mm-hmm. a stacked indie show. Mm-hmm. There's so many of them that it's, it's almost tough to keep track of. Like there's a lot that it, it's like, Oh, if I was there, I would love to go to that, but it's, yeah. just, it's not feasible. Yeah. There's, there's some that I would love to go to as like a fan. And then there were some that are just like the idea of paying the plane ticket to go and watch itself is insane. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, like I remember a couple of years ago, I was looking at plane tickets for like New York city and it was like ridiculous at the mm-hmm. time. And, you know, if you can catch one, you, if you catch a seat sale, I would, you know, think about it, but some of them are like just completely out of the price range to even get there, let alone mm-hmm. the hotel and food and the tickets and all that stuff. When SummerSlam and TakeOver were in Toronto, I was like, I have to go see TakeOver. That was, you know, a be all end all. I wanted to go check it out. And yeah. I'm, I bought my tickets and worried about flights later. And I'm looking and I'm like, okay, it's going to be, you know, 700 round trip. But if I leave at, 5 a.m. to go there and to leave and it's only going to be you know just over 300 so yeah yeah you know to save 400 dollars, i sacrificed a night out just to go to the airport <laughs> yeah, detour yeah from toronto to ottawa back to winnipeg but i saved money yeah i mean you gotta cook corners where you can especially doesn't <laughs> travel yeah travel is expensive um, you'd mentioned, you know, like there's, you know, some that you'd want to check out. Are there any that really stand out to you? You like what they're doing that you want to go and see as a fan? I would go to see GCW. Yeah. I love watching GCW. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that like WW, WPW is bringing in like Effie and Ali Catch and, you know, whoever else. And I see that um, uh, top talent in Edmonton is bringing in GCW talent too. Mm-hmm. I love watching those guys. Mm-hmm. There's so many unique looks. Like Cole Radrick's a guy that I look at and I'm like, that that guy's not going to win in a fight, like mm-hmm. realistically. And then I watch him wrestle. I'm like, yeah, he probably could. He probably could win in a fight because I've seen like little scrawny dudes kick the shit out of big dudes before, and it does ha- it like it's surprising to watch. But then you're like, you're like no, that makes complete sense. So mm-hmm. like I watch a guy like Cole Radrick, and I think, oh yeah, he's doing death matches, and he's like. I hate saying something like this, but he's not being a bitch about it. <laughs> I hate, I hate using terms like that, but yeah. that's the only thing I could come up with. Yeah, like he's like he's just championing it out and he's doing well for himself. And mm-hmm. now like GCW's going back to Japan and they were just in the UK and they're doing crazy stuff. I would love to go see that. Uh you mentioned top talent. Yeah, they brought in I think Gringo Loco for a show, and then also I want to say Jordan Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. And- from all accounts, like what they're doing out in Edmonton is really something special. They have another show coming up with, um, I think I thought I saw Charlie Haas was going to be there and there was another bigger name as well. And it's completely slipping my mind. Yeah, me too. I can't remember, but I'm sure, I'm sure you'll see it more online as it gets closer. For sure. So, I mean, props to them for just crushing it out, uh, out in Alberta. Yeah. And like, the new uh, Harlan Abbott, the former heavy metal, mm-hmm. is someone I go back like way back to like 2003 with. So um, I'm like so happy to see what he's doing. I, I had no idea that you guys went back as far. Um, I only talked to him for the first time back in August. I, I picked him up from the airport. So I got like we had to detour all throughout the city. And he is someone who like he knows his stuff like an incredible mind just to talk to and pick things out from and he gave me some of the best advice that i will remember forever but i mean he's he's a smart guy he's a smart dude and he's a good teacher too because he's putting out some serious talent out of that school too Mm -hmm. yeah like some good guys so he's doing something right with uh you mentioned gcw and i mean one thing i really like is you get such a diverse 
group of wrestlers there because you're going to get your high flyers. You're going to get your guys who can do uh, death matches. You can get your technical, you get your hosses. They've got everything packaged all into one, you know, one brand there. They bring yeah. in the outside talent as well. And I love all the Lucha they bring. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. You are a big fan of the Lucha, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I love Lucha. <laughs> I especially love old Lucha, like not old, but like early nineties to like mid nineties Lucha. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just love it. It's, it's like my, it's like my weird kink in wrestling. The, <laughs> the mid nineties, the, uh, cause I got introduced to all of that through WCW. Mm-hmm. because they brought in so many of the uh, Lucha wrestlers for the cruiserweight division. And yeah. I mean, at the time you, you, you're seeing some of the high flying stuff. Now you go back and watch it and it was so far ahead of its time for like what the American or Canadian audiences were like prepared for. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then you get a guy like Hector Garza in there mm-hmm. who's like movie star. Good looks. He's jacked. He's, so technically precise and charismatic and and then then he's just on wcw saturday night and that was it i don't i don't know why they didn't push that guy to the moon but i have my suspicions that he was just kind of like looked at as like hey it's just one of the lucha guys but you have guys like i mean no disrespect to say brian clark or sorry brian adams the former crush who yeah. comes in and he's you know top billing right away but when you have someone as talented as a hector garza or any of the handful of others you know like hell like lismark jr or you know la Parca, any of those guys they're incredibly yeah. talented in the ring but, cyclope yeah but no cyclope. they're just going to be on wcw worldwide on some <laughs> yeah it. yeah do you remember do you remember in the 90s when you could when like TBS was still like scrambled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. when it was scrambled, you could watch um, WCW Pro at like nine in the morning and then WCW Saturday night at five. So when I was a kid and we would have it unscrambled or have the descrambling box, mm-hmm. I would watch WCW at 9.05 in the morning. I think it was at Rannick for Tom and Jerry, if I'm not mistaken. And then I would do all my Saturday stuff with my family and then play outside with my friends, whatever, and come back in for supper and then catch Saturday night. And dude, doesn't get better than that. You had that two hour block in the evening where as a kid, you it's great to be able to watch wrestling like that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. Um, we like we had the cable box from Shaw or whatever. And every so often they would be like, hey, you're going to get free channels for a week or whatever. And yeah. sometimes it would line up where you're getting like a clash of the champions midweek. So like to me seeing like PN news and big Josh, I'm like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember that happening too when like a clash of the champions would come on and you know, it would be the weekend you'd get it from like Friday at six to like Sunday at six. Mm-hmm. That would be your like TBS window or your, or the, uh, WSBK, the Boston channel. Yep. Yeah, you can get those, like see the Bruins games and stuff. Mm-hmm. If that was your jam. And then, yeah, and then eventually it just became part of cable. But I don't know, it's something kind of like romantic when you think about the, the, you know, times like that when you can like try and find wrestling. I watched so much scrambled wrestling growing up. It's not even funny. <laughs> the pay-per-views, I'd be, I'd put yeah. it on and I'd be like, I can kind of see it, you know? Oh, Steve yeah. Austin broke his neck. Holy shit. I remember watching the uh, Hulk Hogan heel turn on scrambled, scrambled really? TV. Yeah. And I remember seeing like, because you remember it would be like wavy, right? And then it yeah. would jump all over the screen. And then I remember seeing like, you could kind of make it out like the garbage in the ring. And he's like healing on everybody. And then, you know, it's getting late. My mom's telling me to turn the TV off because it's a school <laughs> night or whatever. So I'm trying to like <laughs> stay with the Hulk Hogan heel turn. I'm like, mom, you don't even understand what's happening. <laughs> but I, yeah, I remember watching it distinctly on, on a scrambled, uh, scrambled frame. Mm-hmm. The, uh, like I, there'd be the odd time where like the picture would come in like almost clear and you're yeah. kind of, you're hoping it just stays like that. And then like, 
three seconds later, it's back to just waves and like ah. yeah, waves and the yeah. The sound would sometimes come come through clear too. Mm-hmm. I, I think I remember it being like pretty well clear the entire time. Yeah, was- and, and same with same with the uh, uh, adult pictures that came on, you know, after as well. I'm sure you remember <laughs> those as well. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I was a very responsible and kid growing up and did no such thing. Uh, no, no, Lots I wouldn't, of... I wouldn't dare accuse you of something. <laughs> <laughs> like you mentioned the, uh, the Lucha. And I mean, we talked a little bit about mid nineties yeah. and I was fortunate enough to discover your love for El Dandy. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Talk about a wrestler that did not get the appreciation he deserved when he was wrestling. That and like that kink I have for early 90s lucha, El Danny is the man in Mexico mm. in the early 90s. Like he came in and he was like wearing his little vest and his like blue tights with a star on it, and he kind of yeah. looked like a jabron. <laughs> but in the early 90s, he was the man in Mexico. I don't know why it never translated like even the smallest bits to the US, but <laughs> it didn't. Like now he's I mean, most people know who he is, but I think a lot of people almost like associate him with like the Bret Hart promo where yeah. he's all like, what about El Tandy? And like, he's saying that and people are taking it as a joke, but like knowing Bret, he's probably like, no, El Dandy can go. Like we would put on a yeah. good match together. He probably, he probably worked him on some show in like Sacramento one night or something. And he's like blown away, mm-hmm. you know, and then puts him over and makes a, his name forever. but i remember distinctly there was like a slamboree one year with like chris jericho doing the ring announcing Mm -hmm. and he called el dandy the winner of the lou ferrigno lookalike contest (laughs) and it made me laugh so much and i obviously never forgot it Mm because it still made an impression on me but yeah i fucking love el dandy and funny story so me and my partner were you know expecting a baby and we did the math on it that somehow the baby will look like El Dandy because my partner has like super curly hair. She's African-American. So mm-hmm. um, she's got like super curly hair and, you know, I'm indigenous and El Dandy's Mexican, which is kind of, he's probably a little bit indigenous too. So maybe we had like the same face. Mm-hmm. So we figured that I would have my face and the curly hair and look exactly like El Dandy. <laughs> Thankfully she doesn't. <laughs> She still has the curly hair in my face, but she doesn't look like El Dandy. Just a little baby <laughs> El Dandy running around your house. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> mind that. Yeah. You know, it's a shame we never got the El Dandy US title run. You know, Brett could have yeah. put him over. We would have been set. Yeah, we would have been in there. Because, like, there were some weird US champions. Like, if you remember when One Man Gang was the champion, or, like, yeah. Conan was the champion. Yeah, I could totally see them giving it to El Dandy. I think Jeff Jarrett held held the title for like 10 months. Yeah. Yeah. A long stretch there when he was bouncing back and forth. They should have given it to El Dandy, like LWO El Dandy. And he could have spray painted it LWO. That could have been their, you know, world title. Yeah. That could have been like the, it could have been like the Latino championship instead of the U S championship. Yeah. Yeah. Considering like when Lance Storm went there and he like renamed it the, Saskatchewan, the Canadian, yeah, yeah, or the yeah, one the Saskatchewan of those was the hardcore one, I think. Yeah, the Saskatchewan yeah. hardcore invitational title. Yeah, the shit. Yeah, the shit title. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was gonna make a uh, say something, but like since we're on that, I so badly wanted him to win the world title and just have all four titles. Yeah, I and, I thought it was gonna happen. Oh, yeah, when he didn't, I was so jarred at that. Were you? Were you still going to wrestling shows when he was here and he wrestled Dr. Luther? Uh, no, I did not see that. Uh, it was the it was actually the Saturday because Landstorm debuted on Raw in Calgary on a Monday. Mm-hmm. So that Saturday, like 48 hours before, he worked Dr. Luther in Winnipeg on an indie show. Okay. And I was and I was there, and it was the funniest thing because I was such a fan of him because it's WCW run and like and the, I knew he had been around before in the 90s mm-hmm. but um he was doing like the uh, uh doing the O Canada deal and 
<clears throat> I won't forget because I was standing beside uh, Chris Jericho's dad because he they introduced him to the crowd and they were like, oh, Mr. Jericho's here and he waves or whatever. And mm-hmm. I know he was there to meet with Lance or whatever. And But I was standing next to him and when Lance Storm was doing the O'Canada deal, they started playing it and it was instrumental. So the crowd started singing and then somebody screwed up the lyrics and the whole crowd forgot the lyrics to Canada. Everybody was in a different place. And it was the <laughs> funniest thing. <laughs> but yeah, that was the, the Saturday before he debuted on, on that Raw on the Monday. Was that like an NHB show? No holds <clears throat> it was an, I think it was still uh, IWA. IWA. I don't think it was okay. NHB yet. I think NHB might have started up after that. Yeah, it was like right around then. But yeah. Yeah, I think it was IWA still there's like there's a block of like promotions that all kind of like blend together for like who was doing what at that time so yeah yeah but because when i go back and look at old results like half the time there won't be like uh, a promotion name in there it'll just be like the matches and it's like well who who put it on you know yeah yeah um hey cool cool part about this uh, conversation we're having is that you put out a call for questions i did yeah, and I got some damn questions. Well, let's. Do you want to? Uh, I I got one that okay. we can discuss. Um, okay. But uh, if you want to go first, we can do that and just go. Back yeah, we'll close. We'll close with yours. Okay, sounds good. So I got one from uh, my buddy. His name is Sheaf, but he his Instagram is T Sheaf ninety two. Okay, and he wants to know. Were the Can-Ams the GOAT tag team? So the Can-Ams referring to like Doug Furness, Phil LaFon. Oh. Yeah. Were the Can-Ams the GOAT tag team? I'm not going to say they were, but they're up there considering their like run overseas. I mean, I feel like they didn't get the proper love when they were in you know, whether it was WWF or ECW, that's what I mainly know them from. Mm-hmm. But when you see what they were doing over in Japan, I mean, I think there's no doubt about it that they are one of the top teams. GOAT, I'm not sold on, but I think yeah. they're up there. Like you could make a good argument for them. Yeah, you could you could make an argument for like if you're being really specific, like who's the best technical tag team, mm-hmm. who had the best chemistry. You know what I mean? You could throw those guys in there for that, for sure. Or who's the best, like, foreign Japanese tag team? You know, obviously, a lot of people would say Hanson and Brody, but I think there was a few people that would say Can-Am is definitely up there. A lot of, like, the early 90s Japanese stuff is, like, stuff that I'm kind of picking up more and more now. Like, seeing more clips, I'll go and watch the matches because growing up, that was completely foreign to me like i had no idea what was going on yeah yeah so to be able to go and watch now and see you know steve williams over there or stan hansen like there is some incredible stuff yeah there's some good stuff like Uh, go ahead there's there's a lot of good heavyweight stuff there's a lot of good junior heavyweight stuff and there's like a lot of good uh like I'll go back to the Lucha stuff, but like there's, a, you know, a company that was running over there that UWA was running mm-hmm. and they were bringing in like uh, Jerry Lynn, you know, one, two, three kid, bringing Lucha guys, bringing in, you know, the uh, guys we know now is like kind of the innovators. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of good stuff back then. The, uh, not to get too off topic, but it's funny how like, cause for me, like I love, the faster pace, the Lucha style wrestling, you know, like that's very much my jam. Give me all the flips, all that sort of stuff. But then in the same vein, like I can go and watch, you know, like Samoa Joe and Kenta Kobashi and love that just as much as, you know, the flippy stuff. So yeah, yeah. it's it's one of those things where like, I don't like to paint myself with one brush, but it's like, just give me all of the good wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I am too. Mm -hmm. Especially when like, um, especially as a wrestler, mm-hmm. I like wrestling dudes who did different things. Mm-hmm. Like I like wrestling Kevin Chevy because we have perfect chemistry and he can go in there and we don't even have to talk. And then I like wrestling a guy like AJ Sanchez, who is, you know, so well-rounded at like every aspect of his game that like you go in there, it's easy. 
Mm-hmm. I love wrestling guys like that. And then you like, and then there's times where I would wrestle dudes that didn't even speak English. And then it's like, then what? You know? When you're in that sort of position, you really have it to like almost get a really good feel of the match, I'd I'd assume. Yeah. And like because I did a tour of Japan many years ago, and I, I think we may have talked about this before, but when they're putting together a match in a different language, and, like, you don't speak that language fluently, because I, I, like I know a little bit of Japanese to the point where I could, like, you know, I order something at a restaurant, and that'd probably be about it. Yeah. But then I'm trying to, like, listen for moves and things like that, and then they're all talking Japanese, and they're all bouncing back and forth, and it's going so fast that I can't even pick up the words that I know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then they just kind of turn to me, and then they're like, "Now what?" And then yeah. I'm like, "I don't even know what. I don't even know what's there." You know what I mean? I don't even know what's next. See, after that question, now I'm like trying to like think of who I would actually put as the goat tag team. Yeah, but to be like to put it on the spot, I don't think I can answer that. I don't think it's Furnace and Lafon, but. Like I said, you could make a very good argument for them. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm true. Gonna, I'll be thinking about this tonight. Who I'm going to be thinking about it too because I I couldn't name you one. No, the, like, like the like definitive one. No, I mean, not at no. all. Like I could say like current day who I think is the best tag team, but like, I can say my favorite. My yeah. favorite is Dem- Demolition would be my favorite. Yeah, like growing up, mine was the Heart Foundation. So yeah, see, that's that's as far as I could go right now. Yeah. So uh, I got another question from Jarrett B. Okay. Jarrett B says, uh, wants to know what's the worst injury I've seen in the ring. That was from Instagram. Yeah. So um, the worst one that I seen, like the sh- a show that I was on is uh, Rick Matthews broke his ankle. But I, if you're just listening, I don't know player if you're going to put this up on video or whatever but if if you're just listening i'd have to describe it in a certain way rick matthews picked somebody up like in a sidewalk slam style Mm -hmm. just picked them up like beside body beside body and has like his legs up and like hand underneath his back but at the same time he's like planting his foot and you could see on his wrestling boot you could see as he's planting his foot and lifting at the same time his ankle bone like poke through the leather. Oh, you just see something poke through into the leather, and then he just falls down. Oh, yeah, it was gnarly. It was and like if you weren't watching for it, you wouldn't have noticed it. And I'm sure barely anybody noticed in the crowd that mm-hmm. he was even hurt because I think he still wrestled. But you could see, yeah, just if you looked at it, it just went poke. Right into the leather, and that's the gnarliest thing I've ever seen. The fact that he was still able to like keep going, like I th- yeah, my mind. Yeah, I think, I think he got up, and they just did they did the finish, mm-hmm. but like they did another at least thirty seconds, if I remember right. I think I've only seen one serious injury, and this was back in two thousand one. It was a top rope championship wrestling show at the travel lodge on Fermore. Mm-hmm. It was, I want to say it was a Sunday night. I don't know why that sounds familiar, but the show, it was like the first match on the card. And all I remember is one of the guys got lifted up and the way he fell his, he hurt his neck. So basically like that just ended the show right there. He got rushed to the hospital afterwards I've tried asking around and it's been like nobody's been able to confirm who it was because I mean, that was 2001. So it was over 20 years ago, but uh, it seemed like whoever it was, was okay. But uh, yeah, it was just, I think it was, it was Scotty styles. Was it Scotty styles? Cause that's the one so. name that I had heard. I didn't want to put it out. Yeah. There. But, yeah. yeah. So I remember yeah, going I, and I, I think if he was listening, I think he'd probably be okay with it. Cause yeah. he's, he's all right. And he's a good dude. Yeah. Is that the same Scotty Styles that's running promotions out in Alberta? No, different. No, different, different one? Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was the same or not. No. I remember the next day going on like the top rope championship wrestling message board to seeing like how the guy was doing. So, yeah. Yeah. I think boards. that was him. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think the yeah, I think it was uh, Alex Rain who's passed away since, but uh, Alex Rain and Scotty Styles, I think. Okay. Yeah, if I remember right, because I remember because I trained one of the first times that I trained uh, in a ring was with Scotty Styles. He was there with me. Okay. And I I think he he mentioned that he had hurt his neck bad, and I remember it happening too. Yeah, it's yeah. like that was uh 2001. Yeah. I was 20 years old then, so that's over 20 years ago. So <laughs> pardon my memory for yeah, that. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Um I have one question. Yeah. And I'll oh, wait, I got one I got one more before we before we get to that one. Yeah, let's do it up. Somebody wants to know what it's like uh taking the what does it say? Taking some heavy spots this far into my career. Uh, what is so that's that from? Like? That's from Mark. That's from Mark Green. Oh, good old Mark. I he's uh, someone who always is uh, very active on social media, liking and retweeting stuff. So I appreciate him if he's yeah, listening. Mark Green's so a thank good you. dude. Yeah, he's a good dude. Mark Green, if you're listening, you're a good dude. Solid um, guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, we have the question: Was it like taking some hard falls and serious falls? Like you know, doing these death matches and stuff. Like I mentioned, it's a little, it's a little easier on the body. But mm-hmm. there's, yeah, there's been a few. Like I took a Canadian destroyer from Robbie Royce, in like my second match back after X amount of years, and I felt that the next day. Uh, I felt the tables that I've gone through, uh, and definitely the uh, chairs that I've gone through as I hold up the cast. Mm-hmm. which my surgically repaired hand is currently sitting in. <laughs> but you're going to come back stronger and better than ever, correct? Yeah. Yeah. What's that Katy Perry song? Is it stronger? Is that um, Katy Perry song? Janet Jackson? I don't know. Somebody. Stronger. But I'm going to use it. Britney Spears. That's is who it, it is. Okay. Yeah. I was, Something like that. Yeah, I, I was getting all of them confused at the same time. So. <laughs> they all probably have a song that's stronger, to be honest. <laughs> Um, I got one question and it is maybe a second one just because I saw a like on the tweet just now. So maybe if it gets in, well, I'll answer or ask it, but, um, this one's on Twitter and it's from at jet 17, the, uh, Sam J and he asked, I'd like to know if either of you know why 3d pro wrestling canceled their shows in October and November. Um, I do not have any information on that, unfortunately, Maybe we will find out in the future, but uh, as of now, it's it's up in the air. Um, yeah, I have no info either. I I hope that we see a return um, because I I really liked what 3D Pro was doing. It was uh, they were bringing in, you know, having some of the best local talent bringing in talent from outside the province. You're getting, I don't want to say like the biggest stars of the indie scene but you were seeing some incredibly talented wrestlers being brought in like the last show yeah. with O'Shea Edwards, Jaden Newman, guys like that, you know. So I liked what they're yeah. doing and I I hope it's not the last that we see of them. Yeah, and those dudes are doing WXW this month. So yeah. good on that. From cool Winnipeg that. to Germany. Yeah. So. Cool dudes. Super cool dudes. Mm-hmm. Being able to talk and just like shoot the shit with them like yeah. the nicest guys around. Yeah, yeah. As far as yeah, but as far as 3D Pro goes, I really enjoyed my time with them, and uh, you know, kind of bummed to see to see the current situation. But maybe things will turn around. We don't know. Me too. I hope so. Yeah. Um, before we wrap this up, do you have anything coming up? Any shows? Pardon me. No, I'm on the shelf for the time being. I have no word on when I'll be able to wrestle again because mm-hmm. uh, I'm in this cast for another four weeks. Okay with pins in my hand so uh it'll be it'll be a while before i before i do anything well and then yeah just just being in the cast for four weeks plus i gotta do physio and occupational therapy and all that stuff so i i hope we see you back in the ring sooner than later i hope so i hope so or no ring or no ring it's it's very either way i always enjoyed calling your matches so and even watching as a fan very good time wow thanks man appreciate it no problem um, for those, if they're not already following you on social media, where can they find you? 
Stefan X Richard on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Stefan with an F, S-T-E-F-A-N, X Richard. And I will put you on the spot one more time. Actually, yep. two more times. Um, yeah, that's fine. Do you still have t-shirts available? Yeah, 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 a couple. Yeah. And I think they're mostly like mediums and 3X. So if you're a medium or a hoss, hit you up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hit me up. So. Hit me up on the socials. Um, and then uh, because uh, I think maybe I asked you the first time we chatted, but uh, for a match recommendation, that was something you think the fans should, or the listeners should go check out. Um, I was just watching the All Japan Tokyo Dome show from 1999, the Giant Baba Memorial mm-hmm. um, show. It's the one that Giant Baba passed away, like, I don't know, two, three months before. And they have like a memorial ceremony for him, but they have like um, some really good matches on there. They have Vader and Masawa for the Triple Crown, which is very good. They have Hase and Kawada, who um, I think he comes into the match with a broken arm, but then definitely, definitely breaks it during the match. And it's awesome because he just keeps fighting and keeps hitting him with it. (laughs) Um, So go out of your way to see those two. And there's also uh, like a 30-minute junior heavyweight six-man tag that goes to a time limit draw that's fucking awesome. It's like got Hayabusa and Great Sasuke and I think Kakihara is in it. So there's a bunch of wicked awesome talent in there. So that is very much my jam. There you go. Perfect. Awesome. Stefan, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Hey, man. Thanks. I appreciate it because, you know, I have nothing to do. I have no life outside of wrestling, so now I'm stuck. Any Anytime, you are more than <laughs> welcome to join me. Maybe we'll review a, a pay-per-view down the line. Who knows? Yeah, we'll have to. Mm-hmm. We'll have to. I'm into it, man. I'm always down for that, but uh, right. no, I appreciate it. Got it. Thank you to Stefan, and thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time. I always say it. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. Uh, if it's your first time listening, you can find me up on Twitter at GreenmakerPod, um, Instagram, Greenmaker Wrestling Podcast, same as on Facebook, email GreenmakerPodcast at gmail.com, and up on all podcast streaming platforms. There's some fashionable t shirts available. If you want to send me a message, I will get one your way. Um, some fantastic fall wear. And I think that about wraps it up. So, uh, Thanks for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.